Welcome to Scatterbrain Podcast. This is archive number six. This is from episode 20, Space Probes. Enjoy. Wikipedia, anyway, uh, they, they had seven major launches in the se- in the 50s, and of the seven, six were successes. And United States was just hucking shit up there. 27. Yeah. <laughs> 27 and only 11 succeeded. The rest of them like exploded on, on the pad or at, you know, a few seconds into the into the launch or so, something happened. Yeah, only 11, to, 11 out of like 27 or 28 launches succeeded. I'm like, oh my God, that's not a very good track record at all. But think about the technology these guys were working with too. I mean, that's like... I mean, they're, just, they're, literal, yeah. they're literally hurling stuff up. They're trying yeah. to figure out the math, build yep. something that can handle the force, and just hurling it up there, right? I mean, that's kind of, kind yeah. of what's going on. Yep. It's, it's Tri- stuff trial nowadays. Area. Yeah, it's stuff nowadays where they're able to uh, land, you know, recover these yeah. components and land them on, land these, you know, vessels back on platforms and stuff. You know, it's a definitely a different thing now. Well, like I think I think the Ariana the Ariana um, craft from the European Space Union started in 1979, and they have a 98% success rate. That's amazing. And they're they're panicking kind of because SpaceX now is is sending like private satellites into space for half the cost. Yeah. And so so European Union is scrambling because they they are the leader in the world at um, sending private satellites up as of right now, but they know it's not going to last if if their competition can send them up at half the cost. It's going to be private sector, man. I mean that's yeah. really you know, and someone like Musk is gonna is doing it. That dude's that dude's crazy. He works he so much, you know. He's so yeah, focused. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and think what you want about the guy. I think he's a little bit insane. I don't I don't think he's a psycho or anything, but I he's spending his money, in my opinion, for doing something good. Yeah. And I st- and I still think you know that whole idea of the spaceship to carry a hundred people to Mars, one way trip kind of thing. I still kind of think he's like the most the world's most creative. Um, mass murderer because <laughs> that's just so crazy it's like you come with us then dude you know but no people want to do it there's twenty thousand applicants something like that well yeah i mean he's being forthcoming he is you know and 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 people want to they're just like people you know we're like fuck it dude the, the world's not flat I'll, I'll show you i'm gonna i'm gonna sail around it same thing man it's just a different it's just a different problem so to speak a different perspective right. a different target people want to go out there they want to be the ones to go see it and that's great People want to be on the living on the edge. People want to do different things that I wouldn't do, but that's yeah, what it takes it, to make it, it happen and to have the progress. And it, it wouldn't be without those people that we would get there, right? I mean, if you were given the opportunity to go to Mars, would you go? Right now, no. I mean, ever? I, mean, I fuck no. I wouldn't do that. That's crazy yeah. shit. Well, I love traveling. If I, <laughs> there, I, if, I love traveling. You're talking about Mars, dude. That's well, just, you're saying what I? What you're, the question is, would I ever go? Would you ever go? Yeah. Yeah, so I love oh, traveling, man. and so if I could get there, if they made it in a way that was commercially viable and I could afford it, or I could make, you know what I mean? Like, like you could absolutely. go on, vaca- on vacation for you sure. Know. I would if I could make it happen, and it was yeah, within I, my my risk tolerance, whatever, in my budget, whatever it is, right? Like, <laughs> I still wouldn't do that shit. Well, the question is, would you ever? So yeah. yes, I would. I would. Yeah, I would. I would. I would. It doesn't matter how safe it is. They'd have to cut down the travel time significantly because it takes what seven, eight, nine months. Depends on the the alignment of the planets. So the question then, is, would you ever? Right, and I say, I say no for me. Never, no, no, yeah. no, never. Even if it took like two weeks to get there, no, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're two weeks there, and then you spend a week on Mars having fun, playing rat, you know, whatever, or wandering around the surface in your suit, and then two weeks back, you know, take a month and a half off to go to Mars and see another planet. 
Fuck no, I'm not doing people that. People do cruises, man. They may not be your <laughs> thing, but people do cruises. Would you like but to it, go on a cruise to Mars? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> it would be amazing to see it, man. Again, like this whole thing where you see these images from these satellites and these probes and some of the stuff is like, oh, here's the, you know, the UV image or the near infrared or whatever it is, right? But then some of the stuff is true color and it's just amazing. And you see it and when they when you see that that's from you know, millions and millions of miles away and you can yep. see everything and there's just the sheer scale of it. You know, it's amazing. And so. some of the geography is pretty intense too. I mean, I have to admit like the, uh, the, the largest volcano extinct volcano in the solar system. That thing is huge, yeah. huge. It's like how many times taller than, than Mount Everest, you know, it's crazy. Well, as I say, what's interesting about these planets though, is the different ones, right? You could see the, these pictures of Venus or these pictures of Mars and you could, envision right like stuff sort of works kind of the same way right you can infer you'd look at those pictures and go wow that looks like a death valley with a red sun or i mean just stuff like it looks almost earth-like in a way right like just extreme gnarly desert right mm-hmm. but then what what must these large gas giants be what is jupiter like what is saturn like i mean right. I, I know they've landed on some of the moons and they've taken pictures of the moons and oh, yeah. they did that titan one where they they sent the um they sent that craft to Titan. Now, Titan is a moon of Saturn. Is that right? I think Titan's Jupiter. Jupiter. Actually. Okay. Yeah, they sent that probe to, to Titan, and they had the little the Huygens probe that launched from the craft that was going around Jupiter, and it it land it had a little parachute and everything. And it took pictures as it was descending, and, and and it had rivers and valleys and mountains. It looked like it looked like Earth but orange. Mm-hmm. And and come to find out that the rivers and lakes and everything are methane, liquid methane. Yeah, that's insane. But you could you know some of these images of these of these moons and stuff, they'll see these crevices or these dark bands of color, right. and they'll infer from there. They're like, oh well, that's how we can tell that it's frozen methane you know how, how that stuff behaves that's you know the currents underneath and it's just amazing <laughs> that's yeah, really yeah. what it is it's amazing well you know, on that one probe was it just happened to like turn around they they ordered it or you know commanded it to turn around to take a picture of um i think it's enceladus and and they just happened to take a picture right when it was spewing all this water from those cracks into the atmosphere or not the atmosphere but into space like mm-hmm. thousands of miles into space straight up. And that's when they realized, oh, man, that's all ice. And it, that whole planet is just water under that that crust of ice. Yeah, yeah. That's intense. Who knows what, you know, there could be shit living under there. They need to send a probe to that place quick. Absolutely. Well, and then we possibly, I should say that absolutely, right? Because, again, when you get out those far, that far and, and you look at the sun, like we, yeah. we, can get, we can get sunburned in half an hour or whatever, right? And, like, laying out in the sun with no sunscreen or whatever on a really hot day but like we're still really far away when when you look at from jupiter the pictures i've seen if you're out from there and they take a picture of the sun from there it looks like just another star it's like just a dot so you're not really getting too much energy right i mean besides certain it's a fraction uh, it's a fraction of the percent i think and probably a different uh section of the electromagnetic spectrum as well right it's going to be more of the High energy radiation waves, probably right higher up in the the band. Well, well like Enceladus, they, they they think that the just the gravity of Jupiter when it's orbiting Jupiter, it like compresses and you know like, you know what I mean? It like it squeezes it and it releases, squeezes it, and that's what that was that is what creates the energy on Enceladus to keep the water underneath liquid, right? Right. So that there's another form of energy right there. 
just the gravity from that huge planet. Yeah, it's amazing, man. All this stuff's amazing. I can see why people would be really interested in studying these things. Oh, sure. Why people want to launch these things out and be able to really take pictures. It's, it's absolutely amazing. When you think about the technology, again, that they did, you know, 40-some years ago, 50, 60 years ago, depending on which ones you're referring to, mm-hmm. and compare it to what we have available now, the stuff that they're launching now probably will, or I shouldn't say probably, most certainly should work for longer. Yeah. Those rovers, those rovers they sent in the early 2000s, I think, over at Spirit and Opportunity, they mm-hmm. were only they were only planned for, I think, 90 days and they went on forever. The one just died a couple of years ago because it got covered in sand and the, and the solar panels couldn't recharge the batteries and they just decided to kill the mission. But that went on that went on for, what, 17 years? Or yeah, it was longer? a really long time. Really yeah, long time. Really... And the other one died, I think, 10 years ago or so. But So they, they outlasted their mission objectives big time. Well, they seem to, right? I mean, Voyager has had extensions. I mean, that was launched 43 years ago, right? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've shut down all but I think three three different sensors. They shut everything down to conserve what little mm-hmm. nuclear, nuclear energy that's left in that thing. Right. Yeah. It's pretty trippy how they can still like, you know, like when it was just past Saturn and Carl Sagan talked them into turning it around. There's, there's still enough power to have the jets turn the craft around to take a picture of Earth as that little yeah. speck, you know, and then turn it back around and have it keep going. It's, it's pretty interesting. And it takes, I think it takes... 30 something hours for any commands sent to Voyager to, to get there or anything, any data that's sent back still takes mm-hmm. like 30 or 40 hours, I think, to get here. What are they using? Is it like re, uh, light or what, what sort of technology are they using to control these things and com- send those commands? Do you know? They, they still have to use the old um, the old computer systems that they had in the 70s to command those things. So they still have those. But old... what are they using to transmit the information? What sort of. It's radio. It's radio. Yeah. It's good old fashioned radio. It's, you know, a certain band or bandwidth or whatever. I, I think they use like microwave um, bandwidth or something for the ones now. Not entirely sure about that. I don't really study up on that one, but you know that the Soviet Union like had so many firsts, right? Like, yeah. The first, Sputnik was the first in, in October 57. That was the first satellite, artificial satellite up, right? Then they sent the first being up with Laika, the dog, in Sputnik 2, like a month or so later. They had the first man into orbit. (laughs) 